0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are starting a new series, um, kind of a, a familiar topic that's talked about a lot, um, but it's not received enough. It's kind of one of those things where I I believe that a lot of us struggle with with the most. And it's our identity in Christ. So it's going to be a five-week series. And my prayer is that after the five weeks, you will be so frustrated and you will say enough enough okay i am a child of god <laughs> that frustration will provoke you into action you will start acting like you are a child of god so we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to get 5 weeks of of this because this is the area that we struggle with the most. So over the course of our life, life, each person's identity is being formed and shaped through individual experience, relationships, culture, media, and the world around us. So it's those situations, those relationships that formed and shaped our identity so when you get into a bad relationships, relationship, it starts to form and shape us into a different person. It, 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 it starts to uh, form our identity, right? And then people will know you by that bad relationship. That's not God. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. It scared me for a moment. I was just like, y'all, maybe y'all not agreeing. <laughs> with me. I'm at the wrong church. <laughs> I am a child of God. Turn with me to Galatians 4, 3, 7. And this text proves who we are. It proves who we are. In Galatians 4, 3, 7, it says, in the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. And if a son, then an heir through God. See, we have been adopted. That takes care of our identity right there. We are, we're a part of God's family. When, when you give your life to the Lord, you're no longer a part of the world. You are no longer part of the world. You are, you are brought into the family of God. Isn't that something? So we are adopted to God through Jesus. We're adopted to God through Jesus. Amen? So we have, we have a new life. See, the kingdom of God is an adoption agency. <laughs> it's an adoption agency. And then we, we, so it's benefits, right, being a part of God's, God's family. Right? It's benefits to that. So, so uh, uh, some of the benefits are we are redeemed, right? We have an inheritance, and we have a and we have a covenant with God. So, so and so, there's plenty of, of benefits that the, the kingdom of of God provides for us. But we have to act like it. So, if we've been redeemed, we need to walk in that redemptive power. If we have an inheritance. We need to walk and act like an heir. Oh, come on. Are we, are we getting better? Are you understanding this? If we have a covenant with God, then we, need, we ought to spend time with him. We need to act like his children sitting at his feet, learning and growing from him. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. If you have a covenant with God, it's a covenant. God has a covenant. That means it's a promise that he would never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise that God made to us. So it doesn't matter what life is throwing, uh, is throwing at you. God's saying, I am still there even when you don't know it. Amen. It's a covenant. So we need to act like we have a relationship with him, a growing, a growing relationship with God. Because God is always maneuvering things. Right? We're playing checkers. God's playing chess. God's always maneuvering things. You think God is just standing still because you feel like he's not moving in your life? Oh, he's moving. He's, he's moving. Remember, he knew you before you were born. So he, he knows he's the God from the past, <laughs> he's the God of the present, and, and he is the God of the future. He's still moving. So he knows exactly what your life is going to be like. So, I, so God is still moving, but are we? So we need to act like we are redeemed. We need to act like heirs. We need to act like we have that covenant with God. Covenant with God. So we struggle so much with our identity. We we, we allow certain things to shape and form our identity. It's like you give power to people and problems. God's saying that no, but you are an heir. That means there's Jesus in heaven. There's Jesus, there's me, Jesus, and you. <laughs> why do we, but why do we sit there if we don't use it? If we don't use the power that we, we, we have? Why, why don't we access that power that we have? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in all of us. <laughs> It may sound simplistic, but it's the hardest thing for us to grasp. During trials and tribulations, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's in me. But we have such a hard time When we go through things, accessing that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. God's challenging us. He's reminding us, you are an heir. You are an heir. That means you have an inheritance. That's why God wants us to bring heaven to earth. You bring heaven to your situations. You bring that heavenly principle to your mindset. You bring bring that heavenly mentality into every situation you go through. I think we're heating up, Brad. So the kingdom of God is an adoption agency. There's some things that we inherit from the kingdom of God. So in in the Roman world, adoption um, was common, and there. uh, So when a man had wealth, he he uh, before he died, he passed it down to his son. So he had to have a son. Well, um, if he didn't have a son, or he he felt like his son was incapable of of that wealth. He would have to; they would have to adopt someone into the family. You know, so the same principle as 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 the um, um, the kingdom of God, where once that adoption is the, is the, is official, everything goes to to that son, and all the debts are are canceled um, that that the son have. All the debts that are, are canceled. But the difference between the Roman way and the kingdom of God, we don't have to be worthy of of the inheritance. We don't have to be worthy. It's because God loves us so much. He loves us so much, he took us out of the the world and adopted us into his, his kingdom just because he loves us that much. He sent his son to redeem us, to die on a cross so that way we can walk in that redemptive life. See, when it comes to, to faith in Christ, our debts are canceled. We are given a new name, and we are given all the rights that it, that of, of ears um, that, that God has possessed. That is so awesome. We've get, we get all the rights that the kingdom of heaven has. I want this to settle in. It's been preached millions of times. We've heard messages about identity. I think we rush over it. So all that the heaven has, all that heaven has, we have access to it. We have access to it. I just want to know where's the gap between knowing who God is and who, who we are, and then accessing that. I want to know what's the gap. Because oftentimes, is a gap exists between intellectually knowing these truths about who God says we are, and living them out. Right? This can, this can be affected by how we see ourselves. It's that gap. What is stopping us? What's hindering us? right, from living this out. We must discover that today. That is my goal today. That is the goal today, is discover why won't we live this out, right? Why do we allow certain things to define us? Why do we allow the world to define us? What is that wedge between how God defines us and how we see ourselves? Right? So, for example, so the Bible says that we are adopted, but why do we act like orphans? Like, so we're running around aimlessly looking for answers, right, struggling like every week, and God's saying that, wait, you are uh, uh, adopted. But you're acting like orphan right the orphan spirit is the lack of identity but God said you have an identity you are adopted you are a child of God it's not just cute words it's really true you are a child of God you were brought with the blood of Christ like Like, it was real. It was tough. Like, Jesus really sacrificed himself. He put himself on a cross for all of us to die. So that way we can live. You are a child of God. Why are you walking around, why are you living life like an orphan, like you don't have anything, like you've been abandoned? But God's saying that you, so the kingdom of God offers you a covenant. He's saying that you are are my child, and I will always be there for you. But, but an orphan spirit acts, acts like they've been abandoned, right? And rejected instead of accepted. See, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. God's saying that. I love you. I forgive you. Enough is enough. You are my child. I want you to start acting like you're my child. You are not your mistake. You are not your mistake. You are not that bad relationship. I don't care what people spoke over your life, that is not you. That is not you. You have to do, you have to know the opposite. When the enemy, you know, he is a deceiver. He 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 would never tell you the truth about yourself. So you must know whatever that the enemy is saying to you, it is the opposite. When the enemy tells tells you that you are nothing, be like, oh, my goodness. So the Lord is saying that I am something. I am a child of God. That means I'm going to do great things. If the enemy is speaking to you, oh, you got something going for yourself. (laughs) But you have to think the opposite. Right? And the enemy tells you that you are something, no, that oh I'm not that. I am not that. No, I'm not that person any longer. You got the wrong person. I've given my life over to the Lord, so I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. Amen. So you can't you can try to remind me of my past, but I am not that person any longer. Any longer. So you always have to think the opposite. Right. And sometimes you have to think oppo- the opposite of what you say, because a lot of times the enemy. Is the <laughs> me. Sometimes we are our worst enemy. Right. Like, why are we still wallowing in the same mess? Right. So if I am a child of God, I need to access something from heaven. That means I need something from heaven. Right. So that way, that way God wants to see himself in you. We need to access. So why are we walking around rejected and not feeling accepted? Right? Why do we walk around? There's something about a natural father's presence. Because a natural father's presence, right, helps to form and shape a child's identity. And it should be a reflection of, of of the presence of God. It should be the fre- reflection of, of our Father in heaven. A lot of times a, a child has is, is, is been rejected by the Father, by, by the natural Father, and, and so it just, it's hard to connect with our spiritual Father. So we walk around reject, uh, re- rejected a lot of the times. God's saying to you, i like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do what your natural father has done. I don't know how to reject you. I don't know how not to love you. I don't know how not to love you. He said, I love you so much, you can't even imagine. I love you so much that I gave my son for you. I thought of you when I gave my son. So our father, he would never, in heaven, he would never reject us. He would never reject. He would never abandon us, right? So sometimes when we get rejected by people, it's hard for us to see. It's hard for us to consistently uh, receive things in life, right, because we have that sense of re- rejection all the time, right? And so we, we have that sense of abandonment, um, look at life out of the lens of rejection, right? So sometimes it's hard to be a part of, of a church sometimes. I've seen it from time to time because people, they come in and they, they want to be accepted, but they have this, this, uh, this feeling, feeling of rejection. That's not God. That's not God, and we as people of Christ, we must accept people, we must love on people because that's what Christ does to us. It's like when we when people when we offend people or people are offended by us, right? We 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 we're we're, we're like this. It was like, well, I mean, fine. You don't you don't like me. That's that's cool. That's fine. You you offended. You don't want to talk to me. That, that's fine. But the Father doesn't do that. You know what God does? He's like this. Every time. Doesn't matter. What you go through right now, he's always here with open arms. No matter, he said, that, That's who I am. I welcome all my children into my presence because you have my name. You've been, adop- you've been adopted. You have my name. I'm going to always be there with open arms. No matter how much sin you committed, no matter what mistakes you have made, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here just like this because you are my child. You are my child. If the church can only be that way, it doesn't matter what mistake you made. Just come. Just come. <clears throat> A lot of times people make mistakes. They go through rough times, and they don't come to church. Why? Because they're don't. They they're afraid to, ch- um, to tell people what they're going through because they don't feel accepted. If the church can be at the doors like this, it don't matter. Just come. And this is what the Father is doing, right? I want to connect to it. I want to be like the Father, so this is it. It doesn't matter what you're going through. We're here for you. We're ready to do life for you. It don't have to just be good times. We go go through life with you during the rough times. It doesn't matter. We get dirty with you. It doesn't matter. Just come in. Just come in. You don't have to hide. We're here. We love you. If only the church can be that way. But we have to resolve this problem. The gap that gap between who God says we are and us living that out. And so the Lord put this on my heart. Hopefully you enjoy this. He says, our identity isn't established until our countenance is changed. Our identity, Identity is not established until we change our countenance. So you're saying, Pastor, well, what, what, what do you mean? What What do you mean? Well, I, I, so our countenance so, supposed to to, to to reflect God's goodness. Right? Our countenance is supposed to reflect his, his goodness. Are you with me? So, So what is the countenance? Like, Pastor, what what do you mean? Well, according to the dictionary, a countenance means a person's face or facial expressions. Sometimes a countenance means support or approval, right? And so it's about receiving his goodness. It's about receiving his goodness, not just knowing his goodness, it's about receiving his goodness. See, your countenance is very important because most circumstances, it portrays what is in your heart and your attentions. Are we going somewhere? Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says, as in water, face reflects face. <laughs> so the heart of man reflects man. Right? So coming into God's presence, coming into the spiritual realm, Your countenance has a lot to do with your attitude towards God, prayers, worship, and everything uh, everything else. So a lot of times your countenance, right, has a lot to do with your attitude towards God. So if we don't receive his goodness, right, it, it will not change and form. God cannot change and form our identity as a child of God. So there are times we pray about certain things. Even after prayer, we keep carrying the same heavy burdens. So it's like we're praying, and we're praying for God to show up to give you an answer, and and then you walk away with those same heavy burdens. That's not what prayer is designed for. What is prayer designed for? When you pray to God, that means you're giving him everything. You're giving him everything. You're giving him over your, all the things that you're struggling with. You're giving him over, over your life. That because he says, come, who's a heavy burden, come come unto me. Come unto me, those who are heavy burdened. Come on, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. What is that word? What do we mean by rest? That means I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you all of these things. I'm going to give you access to what what heaven has to offer. Give me over your burdens. But sometimes we pray to God, right? We pray with all these heavy burdens. We pray to God, say, God, take these things away. God, give me an answer for the. I can't pay my bills. I I can't do this. Then we walk away with those heavy burdens. And so our countenance is like, oh, so we walk around defeated instead of redeemed. Right. We walk around defeated instead of walking in victory. That's not who we are. You are a child of God. You've been adopted. Right? So you are not your problems, he is saying. We don't allow our problems to define who we are. Right. So you say, he says, come, come over to me. Just give me, just give me everything. Let's do an exchange today, right? Let's do an exchange. Give me your burdens. I give you your identity. Because if you know who you are, your countenance will show. And your countenance shows who you've been with. (laughs) Your countenance shows who you've been with. Right. So your countenance should show the goodness of God, the goodness of God. So not material things. Right. When you enter into his presence, when you pray to God, something better should come out of it. You should come out of his presence better. You, are, you have to access something from heaven. If you are in need for wisdom. Guess what? You go into his presence and you pray and you ask God for uh, wisdom because it is the covenant. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. It is a covenant. So, God, give me wisdom about such and such. Give me wisdom about such and such. And just wait. Just wait. Sometimes we rush the process, we move too soon. Just wait for him to respond. He will respond. He may not give you all of the answer, but the one thing will, you will walk away with is wisdom. You'll walk away with peace. Peace that knowing that God is moving in your life, is moving in your life. So we don't allow our problems to define who we are. What I mean by that is when we move suddenly, we try to resolve the problems on our own. We move without God. See, accounting countenance. It's like God doesn't want us to live a life in vain. God doesn't want us to use his name in vain. You are a child of God. See, we think that when we say, oh, oh, my God, that's using his name in vain. No, it's when we misrepresent him as Christians. When we don't act like we're a child of God. When we don't act like we are adopted, right? We don't, we, don't, we don't act like we have ex- access to heavenly things. God's saying that enough is enough. Enough is enough. You are a child of God. I need you to act like it. Don't come with the same burdens to God. This is what happens when our prayers aren't answered. We go to God with the same burdens every time. And we're saying that, God, you have not answered this prayer yet. And God is saying like, well, you have not given it to me. You've been talking to me about it. But you have not left it in my presence. It's a part of trusting him See so your countenance. He said, hey, I want you to change your countenance. Your countenance should speak, speak to, I trust you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with something. I'm going to leave this at your feet. And I'm going to walk away and still be used by you. That's the type of countenance God wants you to have. God's got it. God's got it. He's a big God. He's got it. I'm going to leave this thing at his feet. He'll never disappoint me. He'll never leave me forsake me. Why? I'm a child of God. It's the covenant. <laughs> it's the covenant. It was, it was passed down to me. Guess what? I didn't even earn it. He just loves me that way. He just loves me that way. That's the difference between us and the world, that we get the benefits of heavenly things. We get the benefits of being adopted. We get things passed down to us. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed people, but we need to act like it. What do you need right now from God? What do you need right now from God? Whatever you need, it's like no, it's nothing to him. He would, give you, he would give you that, but he wants you. See, you're looking for him to answer that need. He's looking for you to give yourself to him completely. He wants you because he died for you and me. He died for us. He wants more of you. more of you, right? So our countenance, our countenance, he's been challenging me on this, right? Our countenance shows rather we receive his goodness or not. We receive his goodness or not. So so God's been challenging me on, on, on this. Um, so I've been praying for, for certain things, and in the, in the past or, you know, things like that. I remember um, God challenging me. Uh, he, says, he says, son, you've been praying about this thing for a long time. You know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, a lot of times, like, your past creeps, in, creeps up on you, like, and wants to come and visit sometime. Like, you know, you, like, you, you know, you buried, you buried that thing. You know, but once in a while it comes like it comes like knocking out the door. Hey, remember me? I just want to know if you want to hang out a little bit, right? Just certain things that you, you know, you thought you, you've given over to God, all of a sudden just creeps up on you. It's like, whoa, hey, why are you here? You know, so I remember going through, going through things and I'm just like, Lord, man, I'm just really struggling and, and things like that, and just working hard, trying not to be that same person, right? Trying not. To, to be that same person, God was like, "Son, son, 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 stop!" I don't know how He speaks to you, but that's how He starts. You guys got to get in my attention. Son, 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 stop, stop, stop. He says, He says, "You be the follower, I'll be the redeemer. You be the follower, I'll be the redeemer. Stop trying to redeem things back to you." Stop trying to make amends with things. Let me be your redeemer. Amen. You just be the follower. Just walk in that uh, redemptive power. See, our identity is, right, because we've been, so the Father is our redeemer, right? So our identity is that we are redeemed. Right? And our countenance should be we walk in our redemptive life. So we need to show that we are redeemed. We need to continue to follow him, follow his ways. It's like, son, just follow my ways. Just follow my ways. If you are redeemed, you, that is your identity. You don't have to go and, 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 and make amends. I've already done that. I sent Jesus to do that. You don't have to go and make amends. Just be the follower. Follow me. Seek me. Let me be the redeemer. Let me be the redeemer. Are you with me? So God's been challenging me on this. He says, he says be the follower. I'll be the redeemer. In 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of, of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means my identity is a sound mind. My identity is a sound mind, and I need to walk in that, and I need to walk in that. Because that's the identity that he he gives me. Are you with me? See, God will change. He wants to change our countenance. And how will he do that? Well, number one is being in his presence. We must get into his presence. Get into his presence. So God's been really challenging me on, on getting into his presence. Right? I'm like, God, I'm like, I was like, Moses, God, um, show me your glory. Show me your glory. So, if you read the, the life of, of, of Moses in Exodus 34, Moses went to the mountaintop, right? He got with the Lord and, and, and got in this presence of, of the Lord. And he came down from the mountain and then he went over to the people. Then God changed Moses' countenance, like his face was shiny. I said, God, I want a shiny face. I want a shiny face. But it was the presence of God was on Moses so heavily that the people were just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They can tell Moses was in God's presence. Why? Why? Because his countenance. Because of his countenance. God, uh, Moses expressed the goodness of God. By being in God's presence, he expressed the goodness of God. He came down and his face was shiny. Look, that someone one said, I want a shiny face. Your face is shiny. God is doing something in your life. Your face is shiny. But that radiance of God's presence, Moses reflected God's, God's goodness. Amen. So being in his presence changes your countenance. It shapes and forms your identity. This is making sense to you? It changes your countenance. God doesn't want you to, to uh, use his name in vain. Like, not only that you need to, to, uh, to, to w- walk in his image, right? Because our identity should reflect his image. But our countenance should reflect his goodness, So we need not only that we carry that title, is what I wanted to say, but we need to reflect it through our countenance. We need to act like like God is good. We need to act like he is good. So his presence does that. His presence is awesome. And the second thing we must do is we must steward his presence. We must steward his presence. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, his glory increases when we steward his presence well, right? We steward his presence well. Be a person where, his, where he feels welcome. Be a person where God feels welcome. So always invite him in to the, to, to the presence. Give him your, yourself. Now, at this church, I want us to be a good steward of God's presence, always cultivating his, his presence. Something happens in the presence of God. We're praying. Today, man, we were praying before service today. It was an awesome prayer. We felt like, as Eric was saying that, God's going to move some mountains. So God's going to move some mountains today. I don't know what mountain you have going on right now, but God's going to move some, some mountains. So as a church, we must cultivate, we, we, we must steward his presence. What, is, what does that mean? Welcome him into the presence. Prepare ourselves for God to move every single week that we're here, but we do that every day of the week as well, right? So that way we prepare, like Sunday, it's just like, okay, God, so you've been doing all this, these things throughout the week, oh, I know you're going to show up today. I know you're going to show up today. So we must steward, we must, must be a good steward of his presence. Invite him everywhere, right? He is more, more than willing to come, but he likes to feel welcome. That means we lay our burdens down all the time, move our agendas aside, and welcome God into this place. So Jesus didn't do work in his own land, in his own home, because they didn't invite his presence there. They were too familiar with his presence. Jesus couldn't do any work there. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not welcome here. I don't ever want to be a church where Jesus is not welcome. Like I know we're good people, you know, I know we're some good good Christians, but sometimes we 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 like we we go by, by routine a, a lot. And that routine sometimes does not invite the presence of God in this place. I love people that serve at this church. I love them. I, I watch, I see how hard people serve. But the most important thing that we can do in this church is welcome his presence. We need to invite his presence into this place, right? Because it's not about making the place look pretty. God don't care about that. It's about lives. It's lives at stake. There's people coming here hurting. Um, they They need a word from the Lord. We need to invite his presence here. We invite his presence here. See, in his presence, we don't have to do much. We don't, we don't, we don't have to do much. See, it can be someone that, that is in need for healing, and they can come into this church, and you can see them, you, you, you meet them, and you just love on them. But then sickness just fall off. But it's nothing that you've done. It's just a byproduct of his presence. Can you imagine if we're a church that invites his presence here. We're a church that invites His presence here. Can you do something with me? Can you do something? If you are here early for service, can you do something with me? If you are in the sanctuary, you're here before service begins, before worship begins, pray with us. Right? Let's be a good steward of His presence. So if we want to fellowship, we fellowship out there. Right? And so this, I give you permission to do this. Any worker that you see that's working, that's, that's having, a, having a conversation that's really loud, just go, shh, shh. And just tell him, we're just inviting his presence in here. So just join me to, invite, to, to steward God's presence here. I am telling you, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see people's countenance change. God's going to change your countenance he is a good God see he wants your countenance to reflect his goodness and that can only be done in the presence of God so we're looking for an identity God saying Now just just come into my presence just come into my presence you are adopted you you are my child I'll give you answers. I, I, I give you what you have a right to. You are an, an heir. You want peace? Come into my presence. I give you peace. We must learn to welcome his presence every area of our lives. He cares about all those things. All those things. All those things. You know, have a great season in basketball. Invite his presence he was going to do amazing, amazing things. You think just scoring a lot of points, 25 points a game will be enough? No, 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 no. But you'll be a witness to other, other uh, young men. Yes, amen. That's the power. Invite him into every game, every practice, every conversation with your, your uh, 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 students, uh, uh, peers. Invite him into every aspect. You watch God move. See, God's calling you to be a leader. A leader. A leader, uh, what a leader does, a real leader does, is they usher in the presence of God. They walk in the presence of God. So invite God. You don't have to be off fancy with scriptures. You don't have to know the whole Bible, whatever. Just know that this goodness in my presence he is saying. You watch, people around you are going to change. People around you that you can never expect the people that got on your nerves gonna give their lives to Christ. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking about students, coaches, fans. God's gonna use you. Your face, your face is gonna be your face is gonna shine. Your face is gonna shine. So, yeah. 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 Your face is going to shine. Come on, stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you, and have a great rest of the week.